Good morning and welcome to Morning Meditations, a five to ten minute meditation to get you thinking about what God might have for you in this new day. I'm your host, Pastor Nate Cook, so we hope you'll enjoy your meditation for this morning. Hey, this is Pastor Nate, and this is your morning meditation for this morning. So today we're reading in Matthew chapter 10. I'm going to read quite a bit of scripture today. This is the sending out of the 12 apostles. Then Jesus summoned his 12 disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to cure every disease and every sickness. These are the names of the 12 apostles. First Simon, also known as Peter, and his brother Andrew, James, son of Zebedee and his brother John, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Thaddeus, Simon, the Canaanian, and Judas Iscariot, the one who betrayed him. These 12 Jesus sent out with the following instructions, go nowhere among the Gentiles and enter no town of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. As you go, proclaim the good news. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Cure the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. You received without payment, give without payment. Take no gold or silver or copper in your belts, no bag for your journey or two tunics or sandals or a staff for laborers deserve their food. Whatever town or village you enter, find out who in it is worthy, and stay there until you leave. As you enter the house, greet it. If the house is worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it is not worthy, let your peace return to you. If anyone will not welcome you or listen to your words, shake off the dust from your feet as you leave that house or town. Truly I tell you, it will be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah on the day of judgment than for that town. Yeah, it's a lot of scripture there. Basically, Jesus is sending his 12 disciples out, now called apostles, because the word apostles means sent ones. It's interesting to me that Jesus was first of all sending them to the lost sheep of Israel. Uh, He even says, don't go to the Gentiles or the Samaritans, which we know Jesus routinely went to Gentiles. And he went through Samaria the enemies of the Jewish people. I'm not sure if it's that Jesus doesn't really trust them to be loving their enemies yet. I'm not sure why Jesus says, go to the lost sheep of Israel. Or maybe it's they are Israelites, these are their kin, and that's where their mission is going to begin and spread out from there. But either way, what I want to get into especially today is this idea um, that they're supposed to travel light and and that they're supposed to... uh, Not take things with them. Just take enough to get by and and to trust that God will provide along the way. Um, It says here that they're supposed to take no gold or silver or copper in your belts, no bag for your journey, or two tunics or sandals or a staff for laborers deserve their food. So in other words, they're supposed to trust that God will provide for them along the way. They're supposed to go sharing the good news that the kingdom of God has 
come near. And they're supposed to speak. And if people will listen, they're supposed to keep speaking. If people will not listen, they're supposed to move on. So there's a sense in which um, what Jesus is calling his disciples to is sharing good news everywhere they find themselves, trusting in him to provide for them along the way, and then leaving the results, if you will, I don't really like that word, but leaving what happens with the message up to God and to the people who are receiving it. Uh, because God gives us free will. Uh, people walked away from Jesus while he was on this earth. It's a hard thing to think about. But even Jesus could not convince everyone to receive good news. And so here is this idea that, that as a follower of Jesus, our responsibility, first of all, is to trust God for the journey, trust God for everything we need, not just food and clothes and those things, but also the ability to speak, the right words to speak, to, to go out as we go about our day trusting God for every little thing we need. Travel light. Don't get bogged down in all the possessions. Don't get bogged down in, in all the things that we tend to get caught up in. They really aren't part of the goal, which is to share the good news of Jesus. Um, the second thing is, is that idea of us not strong-arming people into the kingdom. Because first of all, um, that is not loving. So there is, there's an old uh, play I talked about not too long ago. I don't remember if it was with my class or with my church, but um, the old play, Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. And the brothers go and steal the brides, right? That is not love. And so we're to, to go, we're supposed to give the message, and then when we give the message, we're supposed to leave the results. And if people won't listen and they really won't listen, then you just shake the dust off your feet and move on. I will say this is why pastors used to not own houses. So this is a little bit of a thing that I wrestle with even to this day. Um, because the moment you own a house, you settle a little bit. And the moment you own a house, then you have upkeep and then you have to worry about um, payments on, on the house. You have to worry about if something breaks, how are you going to take care of that? So it used to be that churches had parsonages and pastors, then when they would come in, they didn't really own a place to live. They, may, they brought their possessions in that they had, but then they were, if they were called to leave, it was much easier to just up and move to another town. Generally, that church would have a parsonage as well. Um, and so the idea of selling a house or being stuck with a house in an area that you couldn't sell was not something they thought about. The other side of that, and I think why now pastors do own houses, is that in the world we live in, um, when we retire or when we're too old to continue doing the thing we've done our whole life, maybe we can't preach anymore, not physically able, um, then the pastors had nothing left. They had been given free housing, but they hadn't been paid enough to save up to pay cash on a house because the, the prices of houses had gone up so much. And so the church began to think about well, how can we make sure our pastors aren't without a place to live when they retire? And so these are all the things that go along with this idea for me that Jesus calls us to trust him. But, but I do know this, that, that no matter what, we're called to, uh, to move where God is moving. So if that means we have to sell a house, if that means we have to get up and move, if that means that we physically have to maybe change our location or even our profession if we're not a minister, 
um, then that means that we do that. And for, for these disciples, it was very literal that they were just supposed to take enough uh, their clothes and things and not take a bunch of money, not take a bunch of things to weigh them down so they could just move from house to house. And they were supposed to rely on the generosity of God's people to help them along the way. I still do that as a pastor. Um, every Sunday we take an offering and I don't keep pastoring if people don't give. I mean, not full time at least. I can volunteer, but uh, so there is still some of that uh, present in full-time ministry. Whatever you're doing today, here's what I would say to you. First of all, um, you're, you are a sent one. Every person who is a Christian is a disciple, is sent. There is no such thing as a disciple that's not sent. So it may be that you are a Christian who happens to teach, you're a Christian who happens to be a doctor, you're a Christian who's even retired. But you are a sent one wherever you find yourself today. I mean, you're supposed to bring good news. Good news. Not bad news. Good news that the kingdom of heaven is near. That God is nearer than we really think. Um, and then the third thing I would say is that we're all called to trust God to provide. That we're called to trust God in the midst of times of plenty. And maybe times when we don't know where the next meal might come from. We're supposed to trust God in that as well. Uh, and to travel light, because here's the thing, freely you have received, freely give. Um, we have received everything we have from God, and so then we are able to receive it with open hands, and then even to let it go with open hands when it goes away. And in that, we live at peace, we live in trust with God, and we trust that God will provide no matter what tomorrow may bring. Hey, that's just a thought for, to, for this morning. And I hope you have a great day. Well, thanks again for joining us for this morning meditation. Hey, do us a favor. Rate us on iTunes or even leave some feedback about our podcast so that other listeners can know how much you enjoy your morning meditations. Hey, have a great day.